Welcome back to another episode of Healthcare Today with the HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor, and I want to thank you each and every time for uh, listening in and tuning in right here on Bobo 89.1 FM. Um, talking about one of the things that is very uh, under, I would say, under-talked about and uh, very quiet in many ways, whether it's in the family, whether it's in the community, but it's something that we definitely need to have on the foreground, talking about World Mental Health Day. Uh, with me, I have uh, Dr. Dominic Basson. Uh, basically, he's a, when I say psychologist, is that yeah, correct? that's right correct. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about the work that you do. Oh, good morning, Chuck. Yes, so I'm a psychologist based with the HSA. And uh, I work with adults, so I work with adults from ages 18 upwards. And yeah, people come in to see me for all kinds of different reasons, different mm -hmm. struggles, uh, usually because they're in distress of some sort, right? Uh, through adversity in their lives or social disadvantage of some sort, which mm -hmm. understandably... Uh, varying degrees of mental problems. I, I don't want to say issues because it can vary. It could be something as being traumatic with losing your job and having issues with that. Just just difficulty um, getting through your daily routine. Absolutely. Yes. Adversity can take many forms. So whether that's uh, not feeling safe in your workplace mm -hmm. due to some bullying going on or uh, some adversity due to stresses with finances, or work stresses, or too much pressure going on. There can be a whole range of reasons as to why someone might uh, be struggling or struggling and with mental health. One of the things, um, this is something that is um, not, I, I want to say, native to the Cayman Islands. This is something that is globally known and recognized. We're talking about World Mental Health Day. And, and how can... Um, I kind of get myself in a better place. Uh, is, there, is there some things that I can do to say, well, you know, um, I'm feeling stressed, but I don't recognize it. T tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's a global issue. Uh, you know, we're all human at the end of the day. And so I think a large part of this is normalizing why we might be feeling distressed or recognizing the adversity that's going on in our lives. So principally, if we can address those primary issues of what's the, the main source of adversity that might be going on for someone. Um, but at other times, there is no quick fix or solution to a difficulty like that. So it might be a case of what can improve our resilience to manage through certain situations. So whether that's from a basics of a healthy lifestyle or, or, mm -hmm. or good well-being in terms of um, you know, sleeping, seeing the doctor for physical health ailments, a good balance of activity, physical exercise, and um, things that soothe us or help relieve our stresses in the, in the moment. Okay. Or, or whether it's something we can do more directly to help with the, the stresses that are going on or the adversity that are impacting on us. But you're right. Sometimes it's people having to name those things, put labels to describing what's going on, and that can be often their first step. To okay. Uh, once again, folks, uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, it's Healthcare Today with the HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor. We're going to take a few moments and be right back. We're going to be talking with Ms. Cheryl Miles. Also, we're going to have uh, 2021 um, Miss World K-Man. Roshana Hydes is going to be uh, stepping in and talking with us. We'll be back in a few minutes. Uh, keep right here. We are Bobo 89.1 FM. 
HSA's Cardiology Clinic is now located at Smith Road Medical Center. Our cardiology team provides expert care and treatment for heart conditions such as coronary artery disease, heart failure, arrhythmias, hypertension, congenital heart diseases, among others. The new location offers state-of-the-art cardiac diagnostic testing, including echocardiograms, ECGs, and stress tests. To contact, call 949-8600. At HSA, your heart matters to us. The Health Services Authority's new pharmacy is now open at the Smith Road Medical Center. The new location features a large, comfortable waiting area and ticketing system to improve the patient experience. All uncollected prescriptions and refill requests previously submitted will now be available for collection at the Smith Road Pharmacy. Request your refills online at hsa.ky via WhatsApp 925-6532 or call 244-2715. For more information about our pharmacy hours, visit hsa.ky. The Cayman Islands Health Services Authority's General Practice and Public Health Clinics have relocated to Smith Road Medical Center. At the new location, you'll receive top quality care in a comfortable, modern space enhancing your patient experience. Do you have flu-like symptoms or other non-emergent illnesses or injury? HSA's new urgent care walk-in clinic is now open at the main hospital campus. The new general practice location is for appointments only. For more information, call 949-8600 or visit hsa.com. KY. Now back to Healthcare Today with HSA and our host, Chuck Taylor. Once again, you're tuning in to Healthcare Today with the HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor. Um, as we were talking with uh, Dr. Dominic just a few moments ago, we have Ms. Jackie here. She is the HSA's representative. Uh, she's going to be reading from uh, the Ministry of Health, uh, the Honorable Sabrina Turner. And Ms. Jackie, go ahead and introduce yourself. Thank you, Chuck. Good morning. My name is Jackie Neal. I work with the HSA. I'm reading a message from the Honorable Minister Sabrina Turner, Minister for Health and Wellness. Thank you so much for the invitation and my sincerest apologies that I could not be here today as our nation's parliament is in session. That being said, I'm grateful to offer my contribution to your discussion this morning on mental health and wellness broadly and on World Mental Health Day specifically. As many are likely aware, every 10th of October, nations across the world celebrate World Mental Health Day as a way to raise awareness of mental health issues and mobilize efforts in support of mental health. While all of these things are important, and I'm sure will be discussed here today, I would like to broaden the discussion on mental wellness. One of the goals of my ministry is to strengthen public health nationally. When we speak of public health, we are not referring to a department, but rather to the specific science of protecting, promoting, and improving the lives, health, and wellness of families and communities via prevention, education, access, and personal empowerment. Mental health is a significant component of public health as it has tremendous impact on the way which people make decisions, handle stress, and relate to others. All of these things are also passed on from generation to generation as children and youth learn from how we model these behaviors. Poor mental health impacts our ability to maintain relationships, can lead to social isolation, impacts our performance at school and work, and as was highlighted in September during Recovery Month, there is a clear relationship between poor mental health and substance misuse. So, 
How do we broaden the discussion on mental wellness? The first step is to simply acknowledge that mental wellness is for everyone and therefore should be a component of every effort to improve people's lives. Mental well-being must be cultivated in our schools as we work to create emotionally supportive environments that foster learning opportunities for all children. Mental well-being must be cultivated in our elderly homes and services for seniors to ensure that we address problems like isolation and maintain our elders' quality of life in their golden years. Mental well-being must be present in violence prevention initiatives. Mental well-being must be cultivated in our workplaces, whether these are offices, tour boats, taxi cabs, or restaurants, to proactively work towards better work-life balance. And of course, mental well-being must be a component of all aspects of all aspects of healthcare, given what we know about mental health issues influencing the onset, development, and effects of physical illness. It is by recognizing the room that we have to cultivate mental well-being in multiple settings and embracing the opportunity to do so that we will reach our goal to have a happier, healthier, and more resilient population. Let us take the first step to make mental health and well-being for all a global priority by prioritizing it in our homes, schools, workplaces, and other fears of influence. Thank you so much. That was the words from the Honorable Minister of Healthcare right here in the Cayman Islands, Honorable Sabrina Turner. Doctor, let's kind of backtrack off of some of the things that she says. Is it important for government and government agencies to get behind the idea of mental health for the community as a whole? Yes, absolutely. I think um, because mental health is resides within the community, it's all of us. Um, it's recognizing the impact of different government agencies, whether, like Mr. Jackie was saying, the schools, whether it's uh, government, various different government bodies that all impact on society. Um, it's important for them to have a for government to have a recognition of the impact. Um, the uh, the impact they have on people, citizens, diversity, mm -hmm. citizens are under. Um, you know, we've seen with COVID, for example, how the, the massive impact that's had on mental health, mental well-being of people. Um, there's been a, a massive rise globally of, of issues like domestic violence at home, with people being stuck in the house and together, um, which has massively impacted on people as well as the social isolation of those things. So yes, government has an impact and uh, an influence on all these different systems that affect people's well-being and perversity they're under. One of, one of the things I, I wanna just put out there is that even though we, we celebrate a, a World Mental Health Day, this is something that should be recognized daily. Uh, it should be something that um, we should be well aware with. And uh, gr growing up, you know, um, here in Cayman, mental health was never really one of those conversations that we had as a family. It was, you know, oh, well, you're having stress. But stress was not considered a mental problem. But we do know that today stress is the number one cause of many mental illnesses that are not systemic to family and things of that nature. We're talking um, 
money issues. You were talking, you know, related outside of that job security, things of these nature. Do you find that people come and talk to you more, you know, outside of, I know there's a confidentiality, but do you find that these issues have risen due to COVID and due to other issues that, you know, that we see locally here? Yeah, I think it's really interesting what you're bringing up around the stigma around mental health and the lack of conversation around it, or or maybe the fear that stops those conversations from happening. The, and that fear comes from often from a lack of understanding of, um, yeah, you know, localizing the problem within an individual as there being something wrong when often they're just very normal reactions to very aversive situations. So like you said, those important factors such as poverty, financial stress, um, just general threat, people experiencing a lack of safety in their lives, whether that's in the workplace or in their community, you know, all these factors impact on someone's well-being and it's it's not to do with there being something abnormal or wrong, but right. the body having a, a response to, to those situations and, you know, whether that takes the form of depression and withdrawing and um, and, and, and that severe low mood or high anxiety and, like you said, high stress levels. Mm-hmm. It's really normalizing those reactions to very abnormal, unusual circumstances that people are experiencing. Right. Exactly. And uh, bringing Miss Jackie into the conversation here, um, you, you know, y- you are kind of, I-, I say, in the middle of everything. You you have the the, the, the side from the... I say the public review, and then you also have the very private, but the HSA point of view. T- tell me how, how you, you, you fit in with that. Um, my role at HSA is really the health information manager. Mm-hmm. And I can see what Dr. Basson is, is saying with, with persons coming and sharing. I think once people know that their information is confidential and secure, that they will feel more open to coming and sharing with a psychologist as opposed to going to a regular GP doctor to, to um, talk about these things. Mm-hmm. I think too though that what the, what the HSA can focus on some more is education. If people don't understand what is happening, even with themselves or their relatives, they won't know how to approach it. So I think public education is key and and helping to destigmatize the whole issue surrounding mental health. And and I I totally I totally agree with you there. As I said, you know, growing up here and I can only use here as an example because, you know, this is the most intimate setting that I can relate to. You know, I've traveled abroad, but even then, there was always a, well, home is here. So, so when I talk about things, I try to make it very localized and very specific to Cayman. We, we have a small community, and small communities always have the idea that what happens here is 10 times fold. So there was never a thought of, oh, well, uncle so-and-so is having difficulty dealing with life. It was never that kind of conversations here, uh, especially from a, even from a younger point of view, you know, mental, mental problems was considered huge. Oh, so-and-so is, you know, they're, they're, you know, and we don't, I don't want to use derogatory terms, but you, but you know where I'm going with it. And that was, oh, well, that's that side of the family. It was never thought of, you know what, how can we help him? How can we help her? Or how can we help them? 
there were always that ostracization of that person mm-hmm. because of a, some sort of problem that they had, which, as we understand now, may or, you know, because some of them have passed, were mental issues that could have been addressed rather than completely stigmatizing them. T- tell me how we can better help people and help families in those types of conversations. Before uh, Dr. Basson answers that, I want to go back to um, some of the Caymanian history, right? Mm-hmm. I think what we saw back then was that the people were more resilient. Right. And, 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 and so they, they took care of their own. I think families knew, yes, there's something wrong with, with um, Uncle Joe. And in that sense, they were educating without even knowing it. They were educating the rest of the family that, you know, we, we, we don't do certain things or we don't do or we don't say certain things around Uncle Joe. Right. But I think that the older people have, have grown up with mental illness directly in my family. And my grandmother was one of the strongest women that I've ever known. Right. She, she lived as a, until she was 104, I think. And, and she had a son who was severely mentally ill and back in those days people just used to say people were mad they didn't have a definitive diagnosis for it then mm-hmm. but what we're seeing now in other family members we know that what he had probably was schizophrenia okay but she handled it really really well and and she was still able to carry on with her life and, and, and th- that that brings me to the idea of that sense of family because what, one of the things that we find that is most families had some sort of issue, whatever the mental the terminology for it is, but most families had an issue, but it was never ever brought to the forefront. It was always one of those, you know, you talked around the table, but it never left the table. It never was conversed outside of, you know, well, we need to talk about how we can help so-and-so. It was always, well, you know, he's having a bad day. L- let's just be calm. Let him have his time. He'll be okay. There was never, well, you know what, there may be medication to help. There may be some sort of activity that he needs to do to, you know, I, I had an uncle who was was very, we, we, we call it meticulous. He liked his forks a certain way. He liked his plates a certain way. But he was in the military. He was in World War II. And this was something that he came back with. Now we know that to be PSD. You know, so, mm. so the, these things, he, he, when he ate, the food had to be a certain way. It had to be separated a certain way. And that was how he was comfortable doing it. But it was never thought to be an issue. But it was. Because yeah. if he didn't have it that way, he would act very violently. And we kind of, okay, you know, uncle, he's okay. We'll, we'll take care of him. But it was never uh, thought that it was a mental issue or it was never thought that it was something that required going to see a doctor or getting help with. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do, do you find that a lot in the West Indian culture? Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting what you're saying in, in terms of it's knowing someone's context, isn't it? Someone's history, someone's culture. Uh, like you're saying with your, your uncle there, that background, that military background, that very routine, regimented way of doing things. and understanding how someone's survived adversity in the past. So if someone's developed certain strategies that have helped them get through difficult times, um, your uncle, for example, it might have been very, being very ordered and mm-hmm. things being very predictable and very structured in that way. And how someone might have learned to survive or cope with certain times in their lives that are 
and those strategies, for whatever reason, are no longer helpful, or they're interfering or are getting in the way. So, like you said, some people might have learned to survive or adapt by numbing feelings or not talking about them or using substances to numb or escape certain issues. And that might have worked or helped them at one point in their lives, but it's when that becomes a problem or a difficulty is or, or is impacting in certain areas of their lives. So, okay. um, I think, like, like you said, the, the small community here, the small island, small nature, people feel very scared of their personal lives, their history, their their business being discussed or talked about. So I think, like you said, that confidentiality and that sense of privacy and knowing things are safe is is a very important factor too when they're talking about these things. Once again, folks, uh, you're tuned in to Healthcare Today with HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. We're going to be talking with uh, Miss Rashana Hydes. We're also going to be talking with Miss Cheryl Miles, who is here with us also. Uh, we're focusing today on a mental health uh, day. This is worldwide that we're uh, talking about. Um, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Keep right here. This is Bobo 89.1 FM. The Cayman Islands Health Services Authority's General Practice and Public Health Clinics have relocated to Smith Road Medical Center. At the new location, you'll receive top quality care in a comfortable modern space enhancing your patient experience. Do you have flu-like symptoms or other non-emergent illnesses or injury? HSA's new urgent care walk-in clinic is now open at the main hospital campus. The new general practice location is for appointments only. For more information, call 949-8600 or visit hsa.com. The Health Services Authority's new pharmacy is now open at the Smith Road Medical Center. The new location features a large, comfortable waiting area and ticketing system to improve the patient experience. All uncollected prescriptions and refill requests previously submitted will now be available for collection at the Smith Road Pharmacy. Request your refills online at hsa.ky via WhatsApp 925-6532 or call 244-2715. For more information about our pharmacy hours, visit hsa.ky. HSA's Cardiology Clinic is now located at Smith Road Medical Center. Our cardiology team provides expert care and treatment for heart conditions such as coronary artery disease, heart failure, arrhythmias, hypertension, congenital heart diseases, among others. The new location offers state-of-the-art cardiac diagnostic testing, including echocardiograms, ECGs, and stress tests. To contact, call 949-8600. At HSA, your heart matters to us. Now back to Healthcare Today with HSA and our host, Chuck Taylor. I um, want to thank you so much for uh, coming here, Ms. Rashana Hydes. I Happy to be here, Chuck. Thank you. Um, want to thank you so much for uh, coming here, Ms. Rashana Hydes. I and with that being said, um, one of the things that I always say is, you know, we, we, we want our, our people to understand where our superstars what what their <laughs> alignment is with working with the community. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, congratulations on, on a wonderful reign. Thank uh, you. I, I know you're always an advocate, and the platform continues on. Tell me a little bit about how it affects you, how you got behind this idea and how you mm -hmm. performed during your uh, campaign, uh, during the 2021 Miss World 
Cayman Islands. Tell me a little bit about that. Absolutely. So I think we need to backtrack a little bit to the sort of origins of my own personal mental health struggles, because that's really the foundation of why I became a mental health advocate in the first place. So in 2015 in college, I was actually diagnosed with uh, generalized anxiety disorder. And that really changed a lot of things for me as far as my perspective on mental health, resourcing here in the Cayman Islands, um, and even just how it's seen in young people and adolescents as well. So it, it started, my the cogs were turning from that point. Mm-hmm. I was actually away when I had the um, diagnosis. I was at the University of Central Florida, and it was a it was a difficult time to try to okay, okay. figure let, that let, out. Let, let me put a, so you're not even home when this happens yeah that that's that alone to mm-hmm. me sounds stressful you, you don't have your family you don't have your friends yeah you, you are mm-hmm. you are literally a college student with enough stress yes <laughs> and this ton comes comes down as a ton of bricks on your life yeah it was it was really difficult um but i knew that i i had support even though it was you know distance wise and the Mm -hmm. the university did have resources and you know counselors for free and things like that so i did have help but it was definitely a difficult time and i sort of had to figure out and relearn how to do certain things with the context of my diagnosis in mind so it it was difficult so fast forwarding then to um the pageant and Mm -hmm. deciding to enter that it was the perfect way for me to amplify the issue of mental health in in a more public sphere i was just doing it on my own sort of personal social media but taking it into the pageant world and becoming that that public figure that represents that so visibly that -hmm. was something that was important to me because i think i needed to spread awareness and also destigmatize the issue further we've come a long way as a as a world and as a community as far as destigmatizing mental health and mental um, illness but that was something that i wanted to do and making it personal showing that yes i'm a contestant in the you know miss world cayman islands pageant but also i do struggle with this so it's very personal for me so i think that was what made the journey almost um cathartic in a way it was healing Mm -hmm. for me as well Okay, and, and and I think that's a great lead into to having the conversation with Miss Cheryl Miles, who a uh, caregiver, a uh, community representative. Um, tell me how the community can reach out and help in filling the gaps in the system, because um, a, as we heard, uh, you know, Miss Rashana doing her part on her side, but then me as a as a local person. How, how can I get involved? What, what can I do to help kind of curb the, the curtail of that stigma and also bring to front of mind awareness that, you know, this is something that we as a community need to take a look at and work with? Thank you, Chuck. Um, I'm also here representing the um, Mental Health Commission. I was um, appointed on the board back in 2017 after having um, a personal um, encounter with um, a family member trying to get a loved one to seek mental um, medical assistance. At the time, I didn't know um, that he was diagnosed with um, the illness, mm-hmm. and um, I was attacked on trying to get him help. Um, 
I just want to say that there are other community groups out there that can do a bit more um, in addition to what the Mental Health Commission is doing. We have um, the Central Scranton Committee, we have um, the Kim and Kai Committee and other um, community groups that can get involved and if they see an issue, you know, someone that might be suffering or don't have the support, um, family support, um, community can do their part too by just chipping in and um, reaching out to the right people to get the help. Okay. And, uh, okay. You said you said a couple of things there that I, I want to kind of stick a pin into. Um, having a family diagnosed in this and then not having the support, how, how can that happen in this day and age? I, I, I would think that if I had an issue in my family member and I went to the powers that be, whoever they are, how can we make this easier and make this kind of, I'm here, help me, and help is there. How, how can we do that? Well, for me, um, because this is the first time that anyone in our family or anyone close to me um, that had encountered the issue, and I really didn't know what to do, and then I found the um, loud, silent voices, the caregivers, and I joined that group, and I got support. Mm -hmm. But um, the loud, silent voices, um, support group they were there we had people that were um, nurses um, had miss Jackie and I joined the group through the HSA they, they met at once a month mm -hmm. at um, Dr. Lockhart and a couple other community-minded people that had um, families that were experiencing the same thing that I've been going through so support was there but until when this actually happened to me I didn't know you didn't know yeah and then when I saw my loved one acting sort of peculiar that morning, I said, you know, seem a little bit off, you know, can we probably discuss about going to the doctors? And, um, and they agreed to. But later on in the evening when I met up with them and I said, you know, remember we talked about this? And they said, yeah, you know, we did. And then shortly after that, I mean, it could have been that other stuff was induced during the time that him mm -hmm. and I was separated. Okay. But that day... And that could have triggered even more. But coming back from overseas, he had a mental breakdown, wasn't able to get a job, and all sorts of stuff. And being a young person, then we, we feel that all of that just a lot of triggers, yeah. a lot of triggers to mm -hmm. to to exuberate the situation. Right, mm -hmm. right, yeah. So um, with that being said, um, we were able then to um, get the help that he needed um, through the um, mental health um, facility at HSA mm -hmm. and he was hospitalized for um, a few days and um, he still need help and um, the family is very supportive because now everybody knows what they're dealing with in the family whereas we didn't know before mm -hmm. I mean this kid was a was an average student represented Cayman Purple Dragon mm -hmm. to Tri um, Trinidad and Tobago you know went to Triple C school Boy Scouts, no issues, and then... A very normal yes. existence. Mm -hmm. Very no And uh, let, let me ask everybody this, in, in the kind of just tossing this out there, is having the knowledge of where to go for a family member? Because mo most times, I, I would think if, if I'm having a mental issue and I recognize it for me, I probably am not going to see it as faster as someone else would. 
Someone else is going to say, hey, you're a little bit off, you're a little short-tempered. So something is going on. How can we let other people know that these are the places that they can get resources? I mean, the HSA is great, and the HSA is there for that. But most times people don't think that they need to go to HSA first. You, mm-hmm. you would think that there may be another avenue, a, 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 a softer, because if I say I'm going to take you to go see the hospital to have a mental checkup, most people may be agitated and a little irritated for that to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't need help. I'm fine. I'm just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. having an issue. I'm, And that may exuberate into acts of violence. Mm-hmm. It may you know, maybe shaman, it may deteriorate fast with your communication. Mm-hmm. How can we kind of introduce them to that step, but have that be a second step, mm-hmm. if, if I can say that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think there's good questions, and I think there's different levels and stages of support. So initially, often people have either friends, family, colleagues, who they can speak about some of these things to, and sometimes that's enough, that acknowledgement, that validation of what's happening for that person, and and they need that support for that short time, and that can be provided initially, you know, amongst that, that family who, who know what's going on for that person. And then other times it feels like that's a bit more prolonged or going on for a few more weeks than you might, you know, if things draw out for three, four weeks or more or, or months, it could be a, a case of going to see a GP, a general practitioner, just yeah. to say, look, there's mm-hmm. something happening here or something mm-hmm. going on, and then they're often best place to then make a referral to a specialist of some sort if needed or if required. Or, or sometimes a GP will just say, look, you're not sleeping that great right now. A few more hours sleep can be really helpful. Some sleeping medication helps in the short term or something as simple as that. But other times they might say, you know, it could be really helpful to speak to someone get, who get, specializes in this area. Get and, into someone yeah, with a no. Exactly. And, and, exactly, and I, yeah. I think that, that that's probably, you know, I, I'm, I'm only speaking for me. As a man in my age, it may be difficult for me to go speak to a, a psychologist, a therapist, someone who mm-hmm. can say, you know what, you're having some issues. We, mm-hmm. we really need to have that conversation. Men tend to be more um, step back, you know, be a man, man up. I, I, can, I can handle it, you know. It, it's just, it'll go away. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, do, do you find as a, as a little bit of separation in, in the sexes based on that? I mean, I, it, I'm just, I, I want my public to have a broader view and understanding to make it closer to them. Because, you know, we, we we're taught is, is especially West Indian men, oh, you know, life is going to be hard. It's going to be okay. You can work through it. You know, hard work, dedication. You know, you can take care of your family suppose those aren't enough and I can't find a job, I don't have the resources, you know, um, lights turned off, no service, no food, and and I'm struggling. I got a young kid. And these things send me to that breaking point. What what, what can I do? What can I do? Yeah, I think you're right. That that sense of a lack of hope for the the future or, or feeling very stuck in a situation that you have no control over there. They have massive impacts on our, our well-being. And, and going to see someone like myself for the first time can be incredibly intimidating and feel very threatening, especially if you haven't got that experience of 
speaking openly about what's going on or, mm-hmm. or, or, or just being able to reflect on those factors. So often that very first appointment can be the hardest one. Yeah. And that's what people always tell me, that after that first one, it's often much easier to come back when the uncertainty, the unknown of what's going to happen or, or the experience of sitting down with someone for an hour, mm-hmm. what that's like. Um, but uh, I don't know if you want to say um, something As far as filling the gap, between someone having or recognizing that there's something going on with a loved one or if you even yourself know within yourself that something is is off there are people in your community there's community activism there's um people like the loud senate voices organization people in your community that you can have these conversations with in a safe space Mm -hmm. so i know the loud senate voices team meets at least once a month um in person and they have discussions about you know, mental health openly and talking about how you can help someone that you know is struggling with these things and to get, um, you know, sort of information on how to navigate insurance, you know, these types of things that you you don't think about, but it's it's the logistics behind how do I help someone? How do I get them to where they need to be? And um, yeah, and also just, you know, going through the challenges of maybe getting help from the NAU or other organizations that are helping those people who, who feel stuck and are in really sort of terrible situations. But there there is those people in the community that are there for you. I can attest to um, Lautan Voices, even Alex Panton Foundation for, you know, younger people. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a different kind of sphere for mental health, you know, youth and adolescents. Teen mental health is something that... I think is, you know, kind of under overlooked at, at some point. So mm-hmm. that that's definitely where they specialize. So th- there is help out there outside of your immediate family and, and support system. Right. And I, I, I hope like, and, and I may be um, presumptuous in this, that there's a database or, or if I type on the internet and I'm looking for connections to say, okay, you know what? Maybe my pastor, maybe my my government representative, mm-hmm. so somebody who is closer to me. Because I I will be honest with you, me going to a doctor at this day and age in my life is terrifying. Even still, mm-hmm. e- even if I got a pain in my foot, you know, <laughs> it's still it's still that because yeah. I was not raised with the idea of going to a doctor. It it was the last resort, and and my doctor will tell you if I walk in there, I'm in a nine pain. Because I can handle an eight, but that's pain. That's not trauma. That's not a mental problem. Yeah. I don't think I would know how to acknowledge that I'm having a problem in that mental area. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it just doesn't, you know, I just had a bad day. Right. I didn't make enough today. I didn't, you know, my car broke down. I got to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. I don't have the cash for that. It, it, it's the juggling of life. But when does that turn into something else? You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and how can we, I mean, we're talking about family and, and friends and stuff, recognizing it. But for you as a person, how can you say, you know what, I really need to talk to somebody mm-hmm. about this. This, this, is, this is not my normal sphere. Yeah. But I may have been in it so long that I don't recognize that it's not normal. I agree. Um, it seems like most men, especially in um, this part of the world, are sort of hesitant about getting help because with my um, loved one, when I said about even after the event and um, 
still tried to talk to them about getting help. They, they looked at me and it's like, oh, so you think I need a shrink, you know, mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. Right. And and then when when I was going through my therapy, um, before I started therapy, my niece said to me, who was also ch- um, studying child psychology at the time, I would say, she said, Auntie, I know you're a tough cookie. She said, but go ahead. She said, just sign up, get some help, get, you know. And also realizing that he was a victim as well as me, you know. So I went ahead and I got the help that I thought that I needed. And you're right, doctor. After that first one, it's like, you know, you, you've passed it. You can do some more. Right. And it's just getting that person in to get the help that they need. But in addition to HSA, um, you got loud, silent voices who have been very, very helpful. I mean, their support, great. You have um, Infinite Mind Care, on course, um, the Wellness Center, and a couple of these other institutions out there that also take insurance, you know, for mm-hmm. mental health. Right. So um, we also have to be reminded, a lot of people in the, in the community don't know that um, under Section 5 of the Mental Health Law or Act that you can actually reach out there and get the help that is needed by contacting um, the police, you know, getting the loved okay. one help. So um, that information is definitely out there, and the police and um, and the HSA usually work close together. Um, at one time, when my loved one didn't want to take medication, um, was just way off again, mm-hmm. I had to use that. And thankful to Miss Jackie through Loud Silent Voices and um, Nurse Dipna, um, we were able to do Section 5 and get the help that the individual needed. Um, back in the hospital, get their, their meds and back on track again. And, and that's the thing I think that people sometimes forget that we are talking about a human being. Yeah. We, we, we are talking about situations that change. So what happened a week ago is not the same as today. What happened today is not the same month away. Medication, therapy, different things. You, you know, I, I remember... Um, seeing somebody and they were like, yeah, you know, he's getting help now. And I was like, wow, that's a different person than what I saw, you know, a month ago. You know, Mm -hmm. that that person that I saw a month ago, you know, barely recognized me, couldn't look me in the eye, was very agitant, you know. And I was like, you know, this person was jovial. There was a definite mood change around them. And, And do you see that when they are getting better is is that a, a definite yeah. repercussion of of going through the process absolutely and um in some cases um some of the some of the individuals they might not be able to hold on a full nine to five job but even if they get something three hours uh three days a week you know just so that they can have the little um the little pocket money you know the little change mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be or feel like they're contributing or doing something Sometimes that's all they want because with the meds and other things that might be going on, they can't, you know, yeah, work do, do a whole day. Nine yeah. to five. So, but, but something. Right. They want to feel productive. Right. And sometimes um, they just need to get be given that opportunity to try and prove themselves once again. Yeah. But if they keep seeing that the doors are being locked or shut, you know, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, then they'll always remain in that same, you know, situation yeah definitely and i think it it kind of comes back to our responsibility to each other as a society you know um 
we are each other's keepers ultimately so it's a collective responsibility to help each other and i think workplaces especially can do like what michelle was saying there there's so much that the workplaces can do to accommodate and facilitate the 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 healing that comes with you know someone with mental mental struggles being able to contribute and oftentimes you'll see that they're some of the hardest working people because they're trying to prove themselves they want to you know show that they they can they can actually live a life somewhat normally so mm-hmm. even things like you know working from home different sort of aspects to that as far as like corporate corporate life um work-life balance and all and all those things i think com- that coming together is really going to be a key change and a shift in our country okay yeah folks you're tuned in to healthcare today with hsa i'm your host chuck taylor we've been talking with uh miss cheryl miles here we're talking with uh miss roshana hides and uh dr dominic we'll be back in just a few minutes and wrapping up keep it right here to bobo 89.1 fm HSA's Cardiology Clinic is now located at Smith Road Medical Center. Our cardiology team provides expert care and treatment for heart conditions such as coronary artery disease, heart failure, arrhythmias, hypertension, congenital heart diseases, among others. The new location offers state-of-the-art cardiac diagnostic testing, including echocardiograms, ECGs, and stress tests. To contact, call 949-8600. At HSA, your heart matters to us. The Cayman Islands Health Services Authority's General Practice and Public Health Clinics have relocated to Smith Road Medical Center. At the new location, you'll receive top quality care in a comfortable, modern space enhancing your patient experience. Do you have flu-like symptoms or other non-emergent illnesses or injury? HSA's new urgent care walk-in clinic is now open at the main hospital campus. The new general practice location is for appointments only. For more information, call 949-8600 or visit hsa.com. Now back to Healthcare Today with HSA and our host, Chuck Taylor. And we're back, folks. Healthcare Today with the HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor. And we're talking about World Mental Health Day. And uh, also beyond that, because as I was talking uh, to the panelists offline a little bit, and we were saying that, you know what, this is a conversation that we need to have outside of just one day. This is a year-long topic. This is a lifelong topic. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason is because we never grew up with this. A a lot of our our local citizens here, you know, and and I I, I say local because, you know, once you live here, you're local. Um, A lot of us were not open to this idea of this open conversation. So, we are literally at a disadvantage for when things like this happen to us within our family and also within our community. So the best way that we can do is have an open and honest conversation about yeah. it. Now, mind you, it may be a little bit uncomfortable for some people hearing this, but that's okay because the more we talk about it, the more you'll understand and the more we'll understand and the better our community will be. So uh, with wrapping up, uh, go ahead, Ms. Roshana, uh, start, start us off. Okay, well, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I want to highlight the most, but I think for me, it, it really comes down to kindness and compassion for each other because I think we've all 
gone through situations in life where you are extremely sad you're down on your luck like things everybody has gone through that right and so when you put yourself in that person's shoes if they're going through anxiety depression other things in life stresses it really comes down to you showing that compassion to each other to say well you know i understand you i want to if you want to talk to me just just offering that that um offering yourself as a resource to someone can be very helpful even just um just saying i'm here for you if you Mm -hmm. need me um that's extremely important but i also wanted to highlight self-care and being taking care of yourself as a human being because we all have needs and we all have to take care of the different facets of our lives as a spiritual um part of your life if you want to talk to you know someone in your church if you feel that you can talk to them maybe you know that that's a resource that you can use physical if you work out or you go to you know play sports or whatever that's something that you need to take care of as well your your creative side your passionate side are you into art or cars or whatever it is that you're into enjoy those moments of your life as well and and to take care of your family you know being being around your family members and and having that good support network is definitely key definitely key and uh dr dominic yeah, I, I, th- I guess I'm thinking about, um, I want to emphasize normalizing mental health, yep. um, that there is no us and them, that mm-hmm. we all have our mental well-being that all gets affected at different times. And uh, yeah, there's that sense of if you feel safe in the world and a sense of belonging, then your resilience, your mental well-being is going to be better. And there's certain groups like the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. who will feel they don't have that sense of belonging they feel you know there's a there's uh, yeah a lack of this hostility there sometimes is that lack of safety in the world and you'll see that their mental well-being can be greatly affected so mm-hmm. i think i want to highlight that there is no us in them that there is just us all to yeah. together and that uh a sense of safety in the world and a sense of belonging is so vital and important and very to, true very yeah. true and, and, and I, I think that is where our life need to go. We're human. That, that's, that's the limitation of us. And uh, uh, Ms. Cheryl? Okay. So um, in wrapping up, I just want to remind the listening um, public of the role of the Mental Health Commission. Um, it's a power under the Mental Health Act um, 2013. Um, the Commission have um, oversight of matters relating to mental health and well-being of the residents of the Cayman Islands. And um, this includes an active role of protecting the rights of patients, providing support to the advocating and advocating for persons living within <clears throat> with mental illness or um, their families, as well as general education about the mental health legislation. Um, the different resources out there um, through the Lord Silent Voices and um, HSA, there's also a mental health first aider training that um, okay. is open to the public as well, so people can inquire about that. Definitely. And um, I also want to remind individuals about the Section 5 of the Mental Health Act to just inquire more about that and go to the Mental Health Commission's website and can get, get some information there or reach out to the commission board members. Um, at this time, I also wanted to thank the um, Loud Silent Voices support team, the board for Loud Silent Voices, and the caregivers 
there's a group of um, professional and um, laypersons that give their time voluntarily to help those in the community, but a lot of people don't know about it. Mm -hmm. um, meetings are usually held the last Thursday, last Tuesday of the month mm -hmm. at um, the Emsley Memorial um, Church Hall, and it's usually at 6 o'clock. An hour and so the, the, the last Tuesday of each, each, month, each month over at the Elmsley Memorial Church, Church Hall. Hall. Right. Um, in closing, the Mental Health Commission board members consist of um, Dr. Lockhart, Lockhart um, Honorable Alex um, Henderson, QC, um, Mr. Klein Glidden, Dr. Nika Richards, um, Dittner Carton, she's um, the only psychiatrist nurse. Um, Ms. Jack O'Neill, uh, Ms. Fiona McDougan, Sutton Burke, and myself. So we're here and um, always advocating for mental health in the Cayman Islands. And Ms. Jackie? Thank you, Chuck. Overall, I think it's been a great discussion on mental health. And, and I just want to finish up by, by talking about um, WHO's um, theme this year, making mental health and well-being a global priority. And I think that HSA has started to add to that discussion um, to fulfilling that mandate. Like we've expanded our uh, behavioral health team. Dr. Basson is, is, is fairly new yeah, to our January, team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we've also getting ready to open the Alex Panton um, Youth Hub. That is going to be a unit at the HSA where teens and adolescents can come in um, they can get the help they need away from the public, um, from the public and from the adults because you have to treat them differently. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think our mental health unit, uh, the inpatient unit, they do a good job of directing the family members and patients to the resources that are out there um, in the island. I think we have a minister for health and wellness who's very committed mm -hmm. to seeing that that things like this are happening, that the discussions are, are, are being kept and, and that we're looking um, towards a more holistic approach and that it is a public health issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everything surrounding mental health is a public health issue. People tend to think of public health issues as only the STDs and, and, the, and the coronaviruses and the chronic diseases, but mental health is a big part of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that when the public hears what, what has been said here today, the resources that are available and um, that the HSA can help get them in the door to some of these things, I think we're going to see things moving forward. Perfect, perfect. And in final, folks, if you're listening in the sound of our voices, knowledge is power. Um, you got to seek it. You want to know what's going on in your community. This is what's going on in your community. You want to be a part of it. You have to be a part of it by putting yourself in a position of getting the information that you're able to help somebody. I know we have a lot of um, people who are very well in the industry around here, whether it's, you know, captains of the industry, I like to call you. Um, make sure that your workplace is compliant with this. Make sure that, that you have somebody there who is trained to deal with these issues because you never know who in your office or in your home or even in your church, in your, as I say, you know, your flock of, of, of well-wishers and followers in your church. You do not know who is going through something and you need to be prepared for it because it can happen at any time. Mental health issues can be come up by tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So... 
please, please, please be good to each other. Please keep our community safe. And uh, that is my wish for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are Healthcare Today with the HSA. I'm your host, Chuck Taylor. We'll see you next time. Keep locked in right here on Bobo 89.1 FM.